We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Before we get started on today's show, big ups to the members of the Patreon. Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, Derek Plates, Devin Rendon, Jake Powers, Mike Wozniak, Ryan Pisner, and Corey Johnson Hoops. For as little as $1 a month to as much as $40 a month, we got a bunch of tiers. One, five, ten, twenty, and forty dollar tiers. Check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash veterans minimum. All that money is going into funding the show, funding the studio, and I appreciate it. And also, you guys are gonna get a lot of content. We got the Discord, we got exclusive episodes like the six packs, we got contest giveaways, we got a bunch of shit going on over there. Go and check it out and let us let me know what you guys think so this episode you guys see the title the goat is back my guy mustafa gonum aka moose is in the building he pulled up on me a couple of weeks ago we've recorded this uh, i would say about a month ago but the conversation is dope as always we like to give you guys these kind of conversations every six months and it just so happened that this one was really really cool man ironically enough mustafa and i moved out of our homes within like eight days of each other and I had no idea. So it was really, really cool. I love this dude, man. He's helped me out a lot. And we get deep on this episode, but we also have some fun as well. So sit back, relax, enjoy. Check out Mustafa. Check out his podcast and all that fun stuff in the link below. And we will catch you guys next time. Yes, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum, one of the top 
sports and recreation podcast in the world. We made the charts. You know what I'm saying, Mustafa? Hey. Let's go. Dude, my guy is back in the building. Um, you know you know what I noticed, man? We do this every six months. That's about right. It Last just, time was in the summer. Yeah. July, we had we had linked up and... People, people like these conversations. They they like these, and I appreciate you coming on, man. I'm always happy to be here, bro. Always. Always. These are good conversations. Because, you know, it's funny. We hung out, what was it, two weeks ago, last week? Yeah. And uh, I, and we talked like, I was like, yo, it felt like a podcast in a sense. Yeah. So it, it just shows that literally how we talk off air is what we do on air. Yeah. And the cool thing about that is I think this is the first time since high school that I've seen you within a month. Of multiple <laughs> times, you multiple time, right? That's right. But but, dude. Also, one thing that I I'm really trying to do moving forward. I've had this discussion with Impy. I've had this discussion with Alan, my buddy Dunbar, and my friend Chris. Like some of the usual suspects that come on here. Man, I don't want to just talk to you about coming on the podcast, bro. Right. Like I don't want it to just always be like podcast, podcast, podcast same right. for the podcast. So I had such a good time when you pulled up like two, three weeks ago and we just chilled in the living room and just like we're shooting the shit, just literally talking the way we would be on a podcast. Yep, that's that's for sure. That was it. That was it. That was like, yo, it was the same exact thing. Yeah, man. It was so uh, I was just like, you know what, man? That's that's how it should be. It shouldn't always be, man, let's do a podcast. Let's link up to record or do something, you know, because you're one of my guys, man. Likewise. Likewise. Dude, I'm trying to be a better friend in 2021, too, though. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, yeah, I could, I could be a better friend. We could all be better friends, honestly. Yeah, we could all be nicer to each other also, man. Yeah. Um, you know, not, not to... Yeah, you know what? To, to sound corny and lame, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I do think that 2020 was very eye-opening for many, many reasons. And we'll get into that. But I do have a lot to talk to you and to pick your brain because... Little behind the scenes, bro. I don't really listen to my stuff much. Do you listen to your stuff? Rarely ever. Rarely ever. I'm 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 very self critical. Like I'm gonna go through nitpicking and you know, I'm just like it's not the, it's not worth it. That's honestly why I don't put out a lot of content because when I'm like trying to edit, it's tough. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. And if you're I think you'll always be your biggest critic. Indeed. And especially if you're very honest about your work and your craft and everything that you do because even with myself man i i listen back when i have a guest on that i've never had before hmm. a guest that i think the conversation was fanboying too you know i had ariel hawani on i was like damn dude i've been watching this guy for a decade like totally that right. shit was dope totally chris right. van vliet he's been doing wrestling shows for years and He's a big inspiration of mine where I go, he goes to wrestlers and interviews them in person. Mm. And that was something that I wanted to start doing last year. And then, of course, with COVID, all that got derailed. But I got to do that when I went to Vegas. And I was like, you know what? Every month at the time I was living at home. So I'm like, you know what, man? I'm I'm making some money now with the show. It's really awesome between the Patreon stuff and and Blue Wire. Like, it's a, a nice chump of change. Let me start traveling more. Some bucket list stuff. And really treat it like for business and for content purposes. And dude, I went to, you know how I feel about Vegas, right? I love Vegas. And my buddy Alex, who does some of the editing and the graphics for the show, he's from Chicago. He met me out there. He could attest to this too. Like, dude, I didn't gamble. I didn't like drink 
until I went to the actual fight and I met up with some buddies that I know in Vegas. So it was really a a, a, a strict actual business trip. You know, I, I, yeah, I came in Thursday night. I went out to dinner with a, a friend of mine, her and her fiance, because she lives out in Vegas and she works for this big network over there. And we just went out to dinner and then it was like 1130 out there and I had worked in the city and then the the time change i'm saying to myself dude i'm tired right now it's you know it's really 2 30 i was like guys i'm having a great time but i gotta be up at seven to go to the actual weigh-ins right for the ufc pay-per-view so it was the only times that i do listen to my stuff is when i have you know the narcos guys like mm-hmm. i've listened to that a few times um any other guests that I have on the Dylan podcast, I really enjoyed because I was like, yo, bro, I feel like that one was a banger. And then to bring it full circle, the ones that I do with you, I really, there's a lot of, you be dropping some bombs on here, bro. <laughs> I try. I try. I you, save, I save the best for the best. <laughs> dude, you've, um, you've always been this person, you know? So I, that's why I love everything that you're doing and everything that's going on with you. Because yeah. you just got into podcasting also. Correct. And yeah. I listen to every episode, man. That's awesome. And I am 100% biased because this is my guy. <laughs> but also, I think what you do with, with Nikki and Moose, and shout out to Nikki as well, um, you guys do something that's really, really dope and unique where as an outsider, it's intriguing to me. And the reason why is there's so many podcasts out there, right? But yours is dope because of what you guys do with the show. Let me not talk about it anymore. Tell the people listening what your show is about. Yeah, yeah. So last time I was on here, I mentioned and spoke heavily about the flight assessment. Mm -hmm. That's our baby, obviously, one of the personality tools that we used. But we realized that at some point, actually not at some point, in the very beginning, Everyone looks down on personality assessments like, oh, dude, you're a loser. You're going to take a personality assessment? Really? You don't know who you are? And for us and the people we work with, the people we've helped, we've made tremendous impact in their lives. I'm talking about like true change, right? Like transformational change in their personal lives, in their business lives, have helped people make a tremendous amount more uh, and in every way that matters. Let's just put it that way. So we didn't want the conversation to be a one-time thing. You take an assessment and, oh, okay, cool. And then you're just affiliated or associated with the branding that we've tied to it. Oh, I'm a pilot. I'm a flight attendant. I'm a grounds crew. I'm air traffic control. And if you're a part of a community, it starts to build a cult. So we didn't want to build a cult-like following. We wanted to give people and get them involved in a continual conversation where they can consistently self-assess, consistently self-evaluate, consistently look at people who have had success in areas that they maybe aspire to have and follow their blueprint. So what we did was we came up with the Nikki and Moose podcast where we feature your favorite entrepreneurs, brands, personal brands, musicians, artists, uh, whatever it is, right? Uh, people who are well-known who, and we go back to their, the start of their journey. And we highlight some of the different moves that they've made, maybe their own personal journeys, their mindset, their outlook through the lens of the flight assessment. So that if you affiliate or feel that you resonate most with a flight attendant, you can now look at other brands that are in the flight attendant category. And for those who are not too familiar with what I'm talking about, again, flight assessment is 
uh, that reference that you would kind of bring it all full circle. But you would then follow people of that category that are just like you. Maybe you're not where they are yet, but you can follow that path and say, what was what what does it mean to be authentic? That's a buzzword. Everyone talks about, you know, you got to be authentically you. You got to be real. You got to be raw. Well, what does that really mean? What are the pressures that that are unique to a flight attendant that I, on an emotional level, may connect with them? And I can begin to see, like, how did how did Nick navigate that as as a fellow flight attendant? Oh, wow. OK, bet I'm going to take that as you know, maybe a, a principle or a, f- a fundamental thing that I can add to my repertoire so that I can navigate life. Because one of the things that people do that is not helpful, and we hear this all the time with our connection with E, is that they hear that he wakes up at 3 o'clock in the morning. So they try and wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. But what if you actually work best between the hours of like 1 and 5? There are some people who are night hours. That's their, when they're most productive. So you're going to copy somebody else's blueprint not knowing if it's going to yield the same results for you. So to bring it full circle, that's the whole point of the show, man, is to give people different perspectives, different, you know, uh, stories that they can follow along and give them an opportunity to see, hey, there's not a one size fits all to success. Clearly, that's the one thing that we've seen across the board. There are many different ways that you can go with it. It's very interesting, man. It's, um, I, I love that what you said, you guys are breaking down people in the know you're breaking down very influential people whether it's in sports music entrepreneurs brand development um just moguls and it's fascinating because that's what my takeaway is from the show that oh dope nipsey hustle was doing this and that you know um eric thomas was doing this and that and you're right man if I had the option, I wouldn't be waking up at 3 in the morning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I feel Eric Thomas in the sense that he wakes up at 3 in the morning. If I had the option, there's no chance in hell I was waking up at there that you time. Go. There you go. Right? On my days off, I do wake up at around 8. Mm-hmm. 8 to 9, I need to be up. Yeah. Do I want to sleep more? Yeah, everyone does. Sure. But I feel like an asshole when I wake up at 1230 in the afternoon and then I don't really get my day started till two. Right. I'm like, well, there, there goes my day. There goes right? your I'm going to go yeah. to the gym, work out, come back, eat. Before you know it, I've killed two, three hours and I'm on Xbox the rest of the night. Right. Where my favorite thing to do in the mornings is work out. I feel like I've accomplished something. I feel as if I put my body through some hell mm-hmm. and you've already put your body through stress. And then from there, everything seems a lot easier. Yeah. When do you like to work out? Uh, ideally in the morning. Yeah. So if I'm, it, there was a time, and I'm in a new season, I'll be honest with you. There was a time where I was like really grinding gears and pushing. And I don't know if it's just a, a COVID thing that I'm kind of transitioning and really trying something new. But there were times where I'm up between, you know, 4.30 and 5.30 uh, and finish with my workout by 8 a.m. So that way there are no interruptions, no distractions. Whatever work I got to do the rest of the day, it's clear. Now I'm in a season where I'm actually going to sleep and not setting an alarm clock. I wake, I go to sleep consistently around the same time, wake up around the same time. So now my workout gets done closer to 10, sometimes 11. And I'm just like really letting my body take the rest that it needs and not stick to a morning agenda. The rest of the day, there's more planning, but the morning agenda, I'm just like, yo, just like change, adjust with the times right now. Because if I don't do that, especially as someone who works from home, you might find yourself working 14 hours a day without really knowing it 
but it's because you didn't put breaks, you know, throughout the time. So what I'm doing now is like, all right, yeah, just be a little bit more flexible with the morning so that you can break it up. Even if it's just a simple uh, taking a break from work to get lunch, I'll do that. Just again, I, you got to change the mood, the environment, the, 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 the space that you're in, because it gets it gets it gets old fast, man. I mean, dude, look at us two where we were at the last time we recorded. Right. We're both living at home. Right. We're both saying to ourselves, ah, within the next month, like, things will be back to normal. No one knew. I, I still feel as if no one knows. Yeah, it's no idea. They've been, I, I, I've been saying sort of jokingly and seriously, they've been two-weeking us for 10 months now. Right. Eh, two, you know, lockdown, two weeks, this yeah. and that. And... Now it's gotten to a point where it still seems very unknown what's going on, but to use an expression that I think we're going to be talking about throughout this is giving people their flowers, right? That's become something that 2020 has really taught me, and it all started back with uh, Kobe Bryant passing away. Yeah. Dude, doesn't that feel like three years ago? It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm starting to see like videos resurface because his one year anniversary is literally in the next week or 10 days. So I'm like, wow, what a long time it feels. But yeah, it's, man. It's, it sure has been. When Alan and I, I mean, at the time that everyone's hearing this, it's been a couple of weeks since that podcast aired. But Alan earlier this week came over and we did our annual year in review award show, you know, legend of the year, moment, game, whatever. And I was talking about how one of my favorite moments of the year was Conor McGregor coming back in mm. January, Martin Luther King weekend. I was in Miami, Dom's bachelor party, and Alan was saying, dude, that was your favorite moment? It was such a dull fight. I was like, I'm not talking about the fight. I'm talking about Conor McGregor came back to the UFC. Right. This guy is the star of stars. Mm -hmm. He's surpassed the UFC. Yeah. It's a very rare kind of athlete that surpassed his sport or his league. And he came back, and one of the few moments of the year in 2020 where there was actually fans in the crowd. Mm -hmm. And just when that Notorious hits, that Biggie hits, and he comes out, the place just, it just goes crazy. And think about where we're at now. At the time we last recorded, we're at my parents' crib setting up everything and now it just so happened both of us moved out around the same time too which i had no <laughs> idea about yeah i yeah, found out yeah. by accident i facetimed you that's another thing that i'm doing now i want to see right i'm tired of texting bro yeah and especially i think because i don't really see my friends like i used to yeah now it's like facetime and my friends will be like yo man why are you facetiming me right now i look i'm not really right i'm like bro we're not recording anything i just want to see i want right. to see you know and i want to hear I don't want to text no more. Yeah. Also, texting, things get misconstrued all the time. All Before the you know time. you're down a rabbit hole, you're like arguing. You're like, oh, I just, <laughs> just ask if you want to play Call of Duty, bro. You don't got to argue. <laughs> but, dude, think about think about where, where we're at now, man. And I found out that you moved out by accident when I FaceTimed, dude. I'm like, yo, where you at right now? You're like, yeah, man, I moved. I was like, when? <laughs> and then you tell me, I'm like, dude, that's when I moved. Right, right. So how's that little... change been for you, bro? It's been awesome, man. It's been awesome. Honestly, uh you know, I tend to be a relatively like low key private person, so I didn't necessarily air it like that. You know, Nikki kind of called it out on the podcast, so you know, I spoke about it briefly then. But it's been incredible, man. I think number one, the, the thing that I'm most grateful for is uh, the added space, of course, but more so 
the control of the time. Mm -hmm. I'm big on working without interruptions. I love my mom, love my aunt. They are awesome. They're the reason why I'm here, clearly. But it's very natural. Just what? Hey, hey, uh, can you right? So it's just like, hey, being in that space now, you're in control of your own destiny. When things go good, when things go bad, and surprisingly, Nick, one of the things I learned very quickly is that my natural energy wasn't the best. Right, mm. like the energy that I was producing for myself, at least at that time was not the best. When, when you're around other people, they stimulate how you feel. They impact how you feel. So you can never really know, yo, is what I'm feeling a response or a reflection of me or Nick? We're in each other's space. So if we both bring energy or if I bring good energy, but you don't maybe feel your best, you're a little tired, over time you're going to start feeling my energy. You're going to start feeling good. But you might think you generated that energy. When you're alone, what you feel is the reflection of you. You can't blame it on nobody else, good, bad, or indifferent. And I wasn't happy with the energy I was generating for myself. So it took me a little, it took me about a month to realize that. At first, I wasn't sure. And then after a while, I was like, yo, it's me. I got to sharpen up on some of my habits, some of the things that I just did to kind of keep me, you know, in a good mental space. Of course, COVID added difficulties and challenges for everyone, but my mental health is super critical. So that was a very good lesson and reminder, like, dude, never stop learning, never stop working on yourself. So that's the other thing that the space brought out that I would have totally ignored had I been around others, like I said, my family, you know, who can come in and say, like, oh, come on, don't, whatever, pick it up. Like, come on, why are you, and you don't, you just ignore what you're actually feeling. It takes a lot of courage to actually sit there with your not best self and say, yo, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to fix this guy or I'm going to become better than this guy right here energy that word big buzzword mm -hmm. in 2020 yeah vibe energy authenticity yeah what is energy how would you define it well i think energy if we're talking about it's really a reflect again it's a reflection of what people feel when they're in a specific environment now they'll say, man, I like the vibe in here, right? And it's like, oh, I like the energy or what it feels like in here. There are good vibes. There's someone who maybe has well intention or it just feels natural, right? Is, is that something that maybe the right answer is there, there's no explanation, there's just a feeling? It really is. Energy is a feeling. It's an emotion, you know? Like, you, you know, it's funny, the, the word emotion it, the word itself, the root word, breaks down to energy in motion. Huh. So emotion is energy in motion. That was one of the things that I learned that literally changed my life. I'm, I'm definitely clipping this one. Where are we at right now? <laughs> <laughs> we got to jump right there. Yep, yep, yep. I, I learned that and I realized, like, for some people who, who struggle with, you know, just feeling, getting into a funk. And like I said, I'm, I'm not a, a, a mental health professional per se, but we do work using tools that are scientific-based and deal around psychology. So it helps you to pick up on patterns where I may not give you a clinical, you know, uh, prescription or whatever it is, but it's like, oh, I know why you're feeling that way. It's because of this behavioral pattern or because of, based on how you're wired, this can happen. So when I learned about that word, energy in motion, 
is what emotions are. I was like, oh, so you can't like move in a way that makes you happy, but continue to feel bad. At, At some point in time, the energy is going to shift. So if you're someone who enjoys working out, but you don't feel your best, or if you can get yourself in that rhythm to at least get warmed up and get going a little bit, think about it. Like, think about how many times you don't feel like going to the gym. Every time I go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even trying to be funny. That's real. Because a lot of times I'm already up. So so my thing is is different, right? Like I get I get some shit from my buddies every now and then, like, bro, why are you sleeping? It's three o'clock. It's like, dude, I've been up for twelve hours. Like that's why I'm taking a nap. So my nine to five starts at three in the morning. So yeah, my body sort of plateaus at two, three in the afternoon. Yeah. So one thing that I've started doing is I try my best to work out with Josh as much as I can. You know, we we call him little Josh, baby, baby Josh. Beast, now yeah. he got now he got the he best a, body of all my friends. He's a monster, right? yeah. And and he's in there and he takes working out really serious. And I tell him, I'm like, bro, couldn't you cause he goes to the gym early at around like ten, eleven. I don't get out of work until eleven. I'm like, yo, can we start going at eleven thirty, son? I would yeah. just I felt stronger working out with you. And also when you have a accountability partner, Huge. a workout partner, it's like, you know what? Yeah, you just finished benching. I can't be on Instagram for eight minutes. Like, nah, bro, I got to get my shit in too. So get off the phone. Let's go to work and we could chill after. Yeah. So his energy and, and, and the vibe there when I go. But dude, I'm not even kidding. Like every time I go to the gym, I'm never... I I say I hate working out, but I also hate being fat. Right. Because <laughs> I got... Yeah, the boy got fair. a little large. It's fair. But it's when I go in there and you're right. I'll start doing a little warm up, do a little jump rope, get the heart racing. That's it. And then from there, it's like, I'm hyped. I'm here now. And once you get another energy in motion, how you feel changes. That's literally what, what it comes down to. Changed my life. Changed my life. It ha- I use it in so many different ways now. Yeah. Dude, Um, I couldn't disagree with you more about saying that you're not a mental health coach because even if that's not what you want to do i mean for me that's exactly what you are to me Hmm. and it's weird because you want to go to a medical professional and you want to go to someone where there's no bias you want to go to someone that they don't really know you so i don't want to tell nick exactly what i should tell him because I don't want to discourage him even more, and especially if he's in a bad state. But it's weird. And one thing about you is I don't have another friend like you. And I think a lot of people listening to this, a, a guy or girl is going to pop into their head when I hear this, when they, when they hear this, excuse me. Mustafa is the guy that you go to with... Uh, psychological issues just life issues and you navigate it in a way that no one else i know does and no one else is real with me in that way yeah dude i wouldn't be here if you didn't answer my phone call that one time yeah like i'm not even trying to to bs about it like i was in a bad bad place and you know it it it's a relationship that a lot of people have those kind of people, and I think you should definitely describe yourself as one, at least to me when it comes to that. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm grateful you're here, first and foremost, let me yeah. say that, but, um, you know, I, I've just never been someone who's ever... Someone cutting onions in here, bro? I've seen that, so, seen that. Yeah. I was just like, hey, let me uh, give you a little break. <laughs> Fuck, this kid brings out a side in me. Let's go. What is happening? Right. 
Well, nah, man, but it's the it's truth, real, dude. It's, it's the real. truth. You People know, I see it. It's been it's been a it's been a rough year, and and the year ended really, really rough for me. And um, it may it sucks that sometimes some tragic shit got to go down, but it does make you appreciate things. And now I'm like hugging people a little longer. Uh, I'm following up on like, yo, how you doing, bro? Right. I'm doing all right, man. Are you? Right. Are you sure? And then from there, it's like, oh, you actually care. Mm -hmm. And it goes a long way, man. And, you know, it's you need to have people like that. But you also. And, and dude, feel feel uh, I want the honest truth here. Is it ever annoying when someone comes to you with problems? Because the energy and you don't want your spirit to be brought down. Yeah, you know, um, maybe annoying is a bad word. Yeah, not but exactly. Do you get what though. I'm saying? As yeah. far as like, I, I got a buddy of mine who flat out told me from the beginning, he's like, yo, I got so much shit I got to deal with. He's like, I don't want your problems. Hmm. He's like, if you want a sports take, if you want to go grab beers and be an escape, cool, but don't bring me your problems. <laughs> and. I respect that. Yeah. Because also it I don't I don't like putting that on on people. So you're you're my guinea pig for that. So it's a blessing and a curse for you. Yeah. No, I mean, to be honest with you, man, I think again, everyone has to know themselves. They not they need to know who they are and how they can respond to those things. I've always been someone who can help people make sense of something that doesn't add up. It's like where I just I don't see it that way. And the truth is, I, I have those people for me, too. Right? Like, my buddy Jorge is that person for me. He helps me see the side of things that I'm not seeing. So I don't want nobody to think, like, man, this guy, Nick, has a perfect person on his podcast today. No, I'm, I sin just like everybody else. I have flaws just like everybody else. I have insecurities just like everybody else. But when it comes to other people, I have a heart for people. I absolutely love helping others. I'm truly passionate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's not something that, you know, just because I get paid to do it, that's what I know. It, it was a natural, and you said it, like literally since middle school, I was the kid, you know, helping people make sense of like, their heartbreak in middle school that they thought they were going to die for life. It's like, no, like, you know, we can still help to make sense of uh, certain situations or whatever you're feeling at the time. I didn't know that that was a profession or that was a title or any of those things. So I kind of just carried on. But to your point of, or to your question of, is it ever annoying? It's not annoying. 
if I can get the person who is working with me to buy into the solution. I love Clubhouse. Clubhouse, we've talked about it. It's a new mm -hmm. app that's out right now. I really enjoy being on there. But I recognize... Thank you for the invite, by the way. Oh, my pleasure, sir. Absolutely. Uh, I've recognized with some of the rooms is that people want to feel heard and they want to feel like there is an association or a community for them. But what they don't realize is that they're giving power to the problem by saying, yeah, I struggle with mental health. My parents treated me this way. And look, I'm not downplaying anything to do with mental health at all, right? Like you obviously had something going on in your life. There's someone in your life who I, I totally understand it. But the more we speak about the problem, the further away we get from a solution. So if I can just get someone to say, all right, cool, I respect, dude, I totally understand what's going on. What's the way out? And the minute someone can buy into that other side, it's never annoying. That's, that's where I get the most joy. That's where I get my high from. Because now I take you from a very dark place to where you can finally see the light. That's, that's the best feeling in the world. You can't put a price tag on that. Like, it's, it's amazing to me. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I love what you said because me when you know you ever have something happen and at the moment it doesn't hit you but it hits you later on down the line and then it yeah. puts it in perspective and then you totally understand the situation the situation case scenario and everything in between and i like that you said about the solution thing because dude i have friends that see everything that i'm doing and i've built and they want advice on creating something and, and you know like uh, of my group of friends there's two of us that are really creating something and I've learned a lot from my buddy Joe. We both know Joe, Joey. And, um, you know, he had something very similar that he put on me. We're teaching me how to edit and shit. Like, I've told this story ad nauseum, but it was like the third year of doing all the content creating. And I went up to him. I was like, yo, bro, I want to learn how to edit. And he was just like, for fuck's sakes, I've been waiting for you to take this burden off my shoulders. And it was one of those things where, like, maybe he saw it in me at the time when I didn't see it in me. Right. And. Again, at the time, I was just like, oh, bro, I just want to add some, you know, kind of have time on my hands. Like, why not? And thank God that he gave me the blessing and showed me, right? I have friends that they're like, yo, I want to start a podcast. I'm like, nah, you shouldn't. <laughs> and I don't want to be, I'm, I'm the last person to ever push someone away from what they want to do and what they want to, you know, go for because... Yeah. That's everything that I stand for. Right. You know, I had a buddy of mine, Adam. He, very successful kid from California, moved to New York and had one of those like nine to five business jobs. And then one day he just uh, came to work and, you know, a young kid, 25, 26 years old. And he just goes, he, he like orders and he's kind of like looking into the abyss. I'm like, yo, what's good, bro? Bad parlay? Like how much money do you lose this weekend? He's like, nah, man, I... He's like, I want to quit my job. And me and my friend have been sitting on this idea of starting a... And before he could finish, I'm like, do it. Mm. I'm like, do it. I was like, yo, if you came here for me to talk you out of going to do that, I was like, you fucked up. Like, <laughs> I'm going to tell you to go do it. Right. But I saw that that kid is driven and he's ambitious and he can do it. Mm -hmm. There's certain people that you don't see a solution. So, like, why waste your time? And I know it sucks. Right. But that's how I feel when I approach certain things. Yeah. There's other people that come to me that are like, yo, I want to create a... There's fans that reach out to me and I tell them, like, yo, you want to create a podcast? You want to create a brand? Like, 
are you prepared for it to be annoying and discouraging and it sucking early on and there being no traction or momentum? Because to this day, I edit YouTube videos and it doesn't even get 100 views. And then there's other ones that get 1,000 views. And I'm like, oh, shit, why did this? You know, you're still trying to figure. It's always going to be a figuring out process. And like, yo, you see me now getting thousands of downloads on my show. But were you seeing when it wasn't? Right. Yeah, it's real. I don't think everyone's cut out for the journey. I mean, like I said, that, like you said, really, I'm, I, I am of the belief like, yo, anyone can do it. But if, if that piece doesn't tip, if you don't get out of the high of feeling like you've done something or you feel uh, like connection, I'll give you this. Think about how many people get in relationship because they found someone who connects with their past. Okay. How long you want this podcast to go? Uh, <laughs> my point is, why are we finding common ground in our past when a relationship between two people is supposed to, like, how about common ground in our future? What we want to do in the future. So relationships fail. And again, I'm not married. I'm a single guy. So I, I speak, I understand not, like, I know my lane, right? Right. But I know that there are relationships that fail because I've talked to people. It's like, so what made you feel like this was the right one? Well, you know, we've been through a lot of the same things. What? Okay, that's good for a season, but what about next season? Are you guys in common ground there? So if there's dividers in there, right, it doesn't add up. So it's the same thing. It's like if, if we're just going to find, again, association, and that's why I said like the whole thing, even with the, with the flight assessment, like we, we build a cult because you feel that you're now affiliated with a character or a style, a part of a community, and it's like, oh, yeah, I can now have the label that, you know, the name tag that everyone's wearing and, okay, I'm a part of it. It's not the point. It's not the point to find someone who understands your problem. You should feel more excited to talk about your solution, the way through your problem. Now, I know where people get discouraged because between the problem and the solution is work. Mm. That's where people get discouraged. Yeah, because everyone wants the finished product. No matter what it is. Yeah. Relationship, life, work, uh, sport. Yep. No matter what it is. Like, yeah, you want to sign the Supermax for $220 million, but, you know, when you skip out on the party that you got invited to or that date with that girl or guy that you want to go out with. But it's like, nah, man, I really got to, you know, I got a game early in the morning or I got to practice. Yeah, it's it's weird, right? I, I also feel like to, to go back to that relationship comment, um, again, single guy, uh, not married, no kids, been single for a very long time. I haven't had a girlfriend in the social media era. Wow. So I was messing around with my friends one time. I was like, yo, how bad is it if you double type, double like some girl's picture? <laughs> like, oh, bro, it's chaos. Forget about it. I was like, really? Like, I don't know. I've never, I've never been with someone during social media. Right. Like, I've been single since high school. Hmm. So, like, I just, I don't know what that scenario is going to be like. And also, to, to stay on the topic of the relationship, I also hate when your past is you're allowing it to dictate your future. Like how many times have you had a conversation where, um, Oh, I can't trust guys or girls. Right. It's like, I don't know me. I heard, I heard Matthew McConaughey say this and I loved it because a lot of times when I listen to people that I'm a fan of, I sort of try to find validation in my own thoughts mm. 
through their work and journey. It's like, yo, that's exactly how I feel. And he said something like, I hate this idea of you have to earn my trust. It's like, nah, bro, when I meet someone, and I've always been this way, like, yo, you have a thousand percent of my trust, like off the bat. Mm -hmm. I don't let anything from my past dictate any new relationship I have. Yeah. And from there, it's like, yo, you have the whole pie. Yeah. From there, it could only get worse. But I'm not going to be like, oh, you know what, Safa, we just met, man. I'm going to give you 10% of my trust. You got to get to 100. It's like, no, bro. It's weird. It's an interesting take, man. I mean, there are some people who just naturally are slow to trust. I'm one of those people, quite frankly. I, I don't know if I've always been this way because I'm, I, I'd like to think I'm a very nice person. But I don't know. Over time, I've definitely realized that I'm slow to trust. But to your point, like that concept of not necessarily making people earn trust there should be different tiers of friendships, though. You should create different boundaries. I realized one of my faults, and this is one of the biggest lessons I've learned this year. I treated everybody the same. Everybody the same. Like, you get the same exact kind of access, everybody, whether you are someone that I know, you know, from two months to 10 years. I was just quick to give access. And I'm like, as I thought about it, I'm like, dude, not everyone is deserves the same type of access to you yeah because then also it doesn't make a relationship special absolutely absolutely but i didn't know that and right. like, i think the, the the challenge for anyone going through a rough time honestly or just like just challenges in general you never do it intentionally like no one wants to you know i was i used to laugh at like my baseball coach is like Dude, do you think I want to strike out? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. think, you think I'm trying to yeah. suck right now? Dude, Coach Brosnan would tell me when guys would drop passes in games and I would lose my mind on them. He's like, bro, you know no one feels worse than that kid does, right? right. No right. one feels worse what at the guy. mistake that they did. What a guy. That's him. a good comment. Yeah. He's coming in here one of these days. Let's go. Yeah. What a guy. He's like, are you ready to just get absolutely trashed? He's like, I'm going <laughs> to violate you on your own show. I was like, I can't wait. I was like, you have no idea. He's and he so also said, funny. he's like... I've noticed that you always sit in the same seat. I was like, yeah, it's my seat. He's like, well, that's not happening with me. Wow. I was like, hey, man, you're a goat. So I, if there's anyone that's going to sit in my seat, that's I'm going to give it to you. That's but yeah, fair. man, that was something that resonated with me from a young age. Like, yo, what good is it to... And you see it a lot of times in the NFL, right? Like a dude drops his pass. Philip Rivers is notorious for that. He mm-hmm. shreds his guys, yeah. calls them out in the media. And then the next week, Tom Brady also. If, dude, if you're a rookie and you drop a pass... The kid, uh, Nikhil Harry on the Patriots, first-round pick, 2019. Big prospect coming out, big body wide receiver from day one, drops a pass in, like, a preseason game for Brady. That's it. Doghouse. Wow. Has yet to recover. I respect the accountability, but, again, not everyone can handle that type of pressure, and you got to know, you know, who can and who can't. And, again, I guess, you know, with that same kind of GOAT status, like with a Brady, maybe you do have – the 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 right to say yeah nah you like that's it with one if the stakes are that high in your in your viewpoint I respect it but I mean the guys put what twenty twenty some years yeah. in the game so I get it but not everyone if you're building with someone not everyone can can handle that and and like I said just to bring it back that's what I learned this year you can't give everyone the same type of access expecting them to return the favor and then you get upset if they don't it's like no uh you know. 
Maybe, maybe I'm your best friend, but you're not mine. That's okay. Like, but if you establish different tiers, you're never hurt by the expectation. That's what messes up relationships, man, is when one person has an expectation and then they don't meet it or the other person doesn't meet it, all hell breaks loose. But if you recognize that, oh man, different, like allow people to be themselves. And if they don't do something the way you want it done, that's where you offer grace. Dude, I couldn't agree with you more about the idea of every relationship being different because um, I don't know if if my best friend right now, if I'm his be best friend. Right. But I don't think that matters. It shouldn't. It shouldn't, but people because... We always talk about this, right? Like we talked about the, 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 the way through the problem and the solution is work. And if you're not someone who enjoys work, you're going to want to sit in the problem because mm. it's like, I don't want to do the work. So you find yourself stuck in the same problem. Well, it's the same thing even in relationships. If you master one type of relationship, you want every relationship to be like that relationship. But it's unfair because people are different. Mm. So, so that's where... It's the same concept. You want to succeed in multiple relationships, you got to do the work to know how to like, find common ground with different types of people. We know this on many different levels. We know people are different. We know their own unique self. And think about how selfish it is. I want Nick to respect my true self. But why are you not offering that to somebody else? So there's got to be that, like, yo, I'm willing to give what I want to receive. Easier said than done, of course. Mm. Literally, 30 years in the game, 30 years alive. You make it seem like I've been, <laughs> you know, 30 years alive. But uh, I just learned it this year. And truth be told, Nick, I've always, I've always counted on my intention. Like, yo, I'm a pure heart. Honestly, I've, I, don't, I don't ever think I've meant to harm someone intentionally. Have I harmed people or maybe hurt people? I'm sure I have. Never intentionally. And it was the first time this year that I was like, Wow, yo, you're the problem. That's a hard pill to swallow. Oh, dude, I mean, my 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 2018, which I've mentioned so many times, how rough of a year it was for me. I wouldn't want to hang out with me in 2018, right? But it was also, I was going through so much, dude. When we met up, and you were like, "Yo, I don't," he's like, Mustafa said. After listening to me talk for about 45 minutes, you answered in like 30 seconds. And no lie, it was like the greatest answer ever. You were just like, dude, I don't think you're depressed. You just have a lot of life going on right now. And yeah. it just like put it in perspective. Like, yeah, man. Yeah, it was, you know, a critical point in my life career-wise, right? Can I give you something just so important that yeah. I think it's more so for the listeners. And I just want people to receive this. Be careful with the labels that you attach to what you feel, All right? There's actually a thing in psychology that psychologists call labeling. And it talks about how many of our emotions we label incorrectly. It's over 80%. Number one, our emotional vocabulary is so small. So if what's trending right now and we not, we're not conscious, but at the time, mental health was like, it was really on the rise. Like I remember Brandon Marshall with the NFL was playing with the Jets at the time. He launched a big initiative, right? Like it was really on the rise. And someone like yourself, you may have not intentionally known that you were receiving that information, but subconsciously it was finding its way into your mind. So what was the easiest thing for you to do to label what you were feeling that isn't the best? Oh man, I'm depressed. 
just because that's the label that people were using. So think of like the 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 what what I want to say the the weight of depression. That's mm -hmm. a lot, mm -hmm. and it's like no 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 no. Don't use that label. Use this label. There's just a lot of life happening right now. Yeah. And I just wanted to put that out because I'm like, man, so many people make that mistake. And it's like, bro, free yourself. Do yourself a favor. Go look up the word. Look up the definition of the word. We've done this. Like the way we teach now, Nick, I promise you it's, it's so like elementary. If there's a misunderstanding at any level, we pull up the word and the definition. And we help people to like establish new relationships with words that are not what they thought they were. And there's so many. I'll give you some examples later on. But continue. I just wanted to give you that piece. No, nah, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, bro. Because when, I remember when I opened up and I told my dad about this. He's like, depressed? Mind you, old school Greek dude. Oh, forget Turning it. 55 this year. <laughs> uh, completely different generation and era, right? He's like, he's depressed. He's like, I've been depressed for 54 years. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? My uh, one of my older cousins, she she had graduated college and she took a year off to travel the world and to you know sort of find what her calling was. My dad's like, she's right there. What do you mean find her? Like I found you. You're right here. You're in the living room. You know, like there's so there's there's that dynamic too, right? With the labeling and whatnot, and it, it's an interesting conversation because I, I do feel like it's. It's also a new territory, right? Like mental health, the, the stigma to it is still new and raw. And one thing about authenticity that you mentioned before is I, I sort of, I treat this like therapy. Mm -hmm. Any podcast I do is an escape for me. Wow. And I'm at a good place. Yeah. You know, like I'm very, I mean, this thing has been such a great thing that's happened. And I know... 2020 was a rough year for a lot of people. Shit, bro. It was rough for me. I still haven't gotten my food truck, dude. Wow. Still haven't gotten it. It was done in May. And that's like a close to seven teacher months. salary oh, kind of investment I made of my own money. First big boy investment. And I haven't been able to take it out yet. Wow. Just can't due to health department and all the shit that's going on in, in New York City. And it's my... my Family business nine to five has been struggling, but this has flourished, right? And now that I have this, my college my college buddies were over a couple weekends ago, and Muhammad, my roommate, was like, "Dude, the photos and the videos don't do it justice." Like so this real. is, he's like, "This is dope." Yeah. He even cursed, and he never cursed. He's like, "This is <laughs> effing awesome." Wow. So it's it's all about the 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 labeling and, and the journey thing. I think it's very important. And I like sharing it from now because I just know what I can control. And what I can control is the content. I know the content is good. The show is growing. So the analytics to it is only, there's an ascension. And I'm at a good place right now. That's why I feel so comfortable talking about all the stuff that I talk about. Yeah, yeah. There's no like, honestly, dude, from a 1 to 10, maybe like... 1% of me is unknown to everyone else, which is like more family shit. You sure, know what I mean? Sure. But as far as I go, like, yeah, dude, everything is out there. And it's just therapeutic for me. It's it's good to walk where you feel like you don't owe anyone anything and you're not hiding anything. Right? Like I, I was talking about that yesterday, actually, on our on our show where I talked about, you know, the difference between 
persuasion where you can actually persuade someone versus when you manipulate someone. And the reason why I'm not against manipulation, although they say manipulation is a, is a skill, it's a trait, there's an art to it, the way to manipulate and get over on someone. I said, you know why? There's no human on earth that's comfortable like getting screwed over and never wanting to retaliate. So if you're someone who's making a living off of manipulating other people, although it's a skill and it's an art, it's something that you've mastered and you're, you're doing well at it, that's fine. If you can't find a way to, to, to make it positive, you know what you have to deal with when people want to retaliate? Constantly looking over your back. Mm. Oh, I, but hold on, that can't be a good thing though? What, to manipulate? No, no, the, the idea of wanting <laughs> retaliation, but in a, in a, can retaliation be a positive way? I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't know. Because the way I've looked at it always is it's I'm getting back at you because you got over on me. Uh -huh. And I'm like, why? As, even if I'm, if I'm skilled at manipulation, which I don't think I am, I'm, I'm just too, like I care too much. to. Yeah, to you're too loving and caring to, to get over on right. someone. Yeah, there's, right. I, I would definitely not put that uh, label. Right, but we on, know there are others out there who can do it. And But I'm saying is, what you do is you constantly have to look over your back. It's like, you know, at some point, if, you, if you've done it, it's like, I don't want to live like that. Right. So well, what you're doing right now, just being so transparent and open, you get to be like Nick off camera is the same, same Nick one on, on yeah, camera. Yeah. You have nothing to hide. Yeah, it's, I can honestly say that. Yeah, you it's, know, a lighter, it's a lighter way to carry. I did, um, you know, there was, uh, there was a network I was on a conference call with and... They asked one of those questions like, "What are your superpowers?" Yeah, right? Yeah. You ever been asked that? Yeah. Well, what's we, what, we what, use it as part of our program? So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I uh, I said that I'm 100% myself, and I know who I am. Nice. And um, I got mixed responses from that. One person wanted me to elaborate more. One person said they loved it. Hmm. The other person completely checked out. So I got like a little bit of all <laughs> the reactions to it, but. I want to go back to the manipulation thing and, and what I wanted to add context to that before people start thinking that I'm a psychopath. I was also on a call one time with uh, someone from a very prestigious network and they sort of did like a backhanded compliment. They called me a nobody. Right. And they meant it in the sense that, you know, I'm not a former ESPN disciple or from Fox Sports or whatever. I kind of, you know, carved this own lane and created uh, a, a brand with the guys that work on the show too i've really started to say we more than i is another thing i'm trying to do because everyone that works behind the show i mean there's no one in here right now but these files are being sent to someone to edit and then right. sent back to me and everyone that works behind the scenes so you know the way she said it was complimentary but also like a backhanded compliment yeah. that's how i took it so me my retaliation is to prove them wrong mm -hmm. by doing this. So that's why I'm, I said that it's more, it's the Jordan thing, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Yeah. he got cut from his high school basketball team. He ripped every beat writer at his Hall of Fame. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know what, Chad from from Boise, I remember that shit you wrote about me in Sports Illustrated. Like wow. he was doing this at his Hall of Fame speech. He's just tearing people up like he didn't forget. The Last Dance documentary, there's all these stories Showed, of yeah. he made up a story about some dude denying him a handshake. Right. And then he dropped 50 on the kid and altered his career. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's what is what is that? Is that a normal feeling? Like, how would you evaluate that? Yeah, so 
I've, I think we said this on the last podcast, by the way. The only kid that I know to take something completely negative and turn it into a positive is Dennis Dennis Strasacker. Shouts to Dennis, man. <laughs> Yo, the only kid who I know was better when he was upset. He, 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 he was really the Michael Jordan, I would say, you know, of, of like the mental side of sports in our, in our, in our upbringing. To, the, to this day, the most impressive feat I've ever seen was when we played baseball together, our senior year, his junior year, he, in five days, I threw, I think, through like 18 innings. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was the most amazing thing I think I've seen. Yeah, in, he's in, a true workhorse, a true workhorse, loves the grind. Like, he's just like straight blue collar. Like, I'm going to, yeah, he's like that. So, to some point, do you want to prove people wrong? Absolutely. But not for the intention of proving them wrong. I want to prove myself right. Right, yeah, yeah. That, that's, but again, that's just my opinion. Am I the only one who is of that belief? No. But I just think that the only place opposites, opposites attract are in science and maybe in relationships. But again, I don't know. I'm not married, so don't yeah, put yeah. me in that place. I don't know yet. Dude, what would you say are some of the biggest lessons you learned playing sports growing up that apply to your life now? Uh, ownership. The biggest lesson I took actually was my very last year of sports. So I finished college at, I was 23, I finished college late. Um, and I had my best baseball season my senior year. Like if, again, everyone's going to be biased of their own skill. But if I were to say, man, I'm, I could have gotten uh, close to being a professional, that was the year that I had, you know, I was that, at least that type of material. Mm-hmm. I prepared for the game that way. From everything, A to Z, I, 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 that was my mentality. And there was, uh, unfortunately, a time where my coach didn't think I was the best fit for the team to win with me in the starting lineup. So my senior year, there was a stretch where I was benched for 18 games or like something like that, 18 or 20 games. College baseball season is like 45 games. So that's about half the year is done. So if you put me out half the year... And then there were some emotional pieces to it. You know, my mom and my aunt flew up from New York. I was in Michigan at the time to, uh, for my graduation. So they flew up all the way from New York, and I didn't, I didn't play, you know, in front of them. And I was like, man, like, it, again, I'm not looking for favors or handouts, but it kind of like, man, I would have liked to put a show on for them or something. I was playing just great overall, feeling great. So at the end of the year, there is no next year, your senior year in college. And that's one thing, like, young athletes, I think, don't really take advantage of or understand much, that there becomes a time where there is no next year, right? Like, as a freshman, you're like, oh, it's all good. Yo, the season ended, we lost. All right, sophomore. But a senior in college, there's no next year. So I walked away from that season extremely hurt. I had invested a lot. When I talk about we sold everything that we owned just to get to that place, like, it was not easy just to get to college. Feeling all types of emotions. And the one thing that I could like bank on, Nick, at, at like two weeks after the season ended was it's my fault. It's all my fault. I'm not going to blame my coach for where I'm at. I'm going to take full ownership because... That's the only way I can move on 
knowing that I gave it all I had. And you can say it's, you know, I don't know if it's a direct sports lesson or whatnot, but for me it is because since that day I've never gone through any situation, good, bad, or indifferent, where I don't say to myself, what could I have done differently to change the outcome of this position that I'm in? Now, I never feel bad for anything bad that happens to me or any challenge that I go through. I don't ever put blame on somebody else. I'm always quick to take ownership and say, you know what? Yo, it's my fault. It's raised the, the ceiling for myself, like just my personal kind of expectation. And guess who benefits all along? Me. So, yeah, childhood dream doesn't come true. It's okay. Now I have a wealth of knowledge to pass on to the next generation or my children, right, whenever the time is right. But I don't live with the regret or the remorse of like, man, I didn't succeed because my coach didn't let me play. Come on. I think the relationship between coach and player is probably, especially at a young age, and all through your playing career, no matter what it might be, is the closest a lot of people get to a parent figure that isn't a parent. Oh, man. Especially for male players, father-son relationship closest. Yeah. For those who don't have a father, like, you know what, my father obviously passed uh, suddenly in high school as a freshman. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's unfair to the coach in some, in some scenarios, and I'll be quite frank with that. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Dude, by the way. That that I think is the the biggest feather on your cap that you're where you're at now without having your pops around because you had every excuse in the book to just like not care. And you had the excuse, bro. That's why I get so frustrated when people hate on LeBron. Yeah. Like, bro, to do what he did, uh, you know, it's just so crazy to me that you could dislike this dude. Like, you had an excuse. Like, bro, I have a friend of mine who didn't have his dad in his life. And they have an awful relationship. They don't talk. And he's he's an asshole, my friend. But I feel him. I don't have any... And I love the kid. I don't have any animosity. But there's a there's an ex, there's not an excuse. There's a reason. Mm-hmm. Where you could be like, yo, you know what? You, you had a rough up, upbringing. So just to, you know, give you your flowers, dude, I think... That's my favorite quality about you because you had all the outs to be like, man, I don't, I don't care, son. And to be able to turn that into what you've done, I think it's tremendous. It was close, man. It was close. I almost, I almost dropped out after my freshman year when my father passed. You know, it was just like at that point, there really was no point of school. And I think had I like really followed that path, there would have not been much, much, much pushback from my mom or my aunt because to your point, there is a reason, not an excuse. <clears throat> but I've missed my dad more this year than I have, you know, it's been, it's been a long time, that past 15 years ago. Uh, so I missed him more this year than ever before. But yeah, I'm grateful, man, you know, because it sucks to live your life the way you live it because of somebody else, mm-hmm. especially if it's a negative effect. Again, like that same scenario with my coach. So I'm not playing professionally because my coach didn't let me play. And, and you talked about, like, perspective. The perspective I try to tell myself now with anything, with anyone especially, what's the other side of the story that I'm not seeing? The other side of the story that I tell myself now, maybe you weren't good enough. What's wrong with that? Right? Or maybe you didn't put enough effort into building a relationship or communicating 
right, the way you should have at that time. Or maybe you wouldn't be doing what you're doing now had you played professionally, and that could have put you down a different path. So, like, you know, if we can get, because you said, like, it's funny to see how, how things unfold a couple months, sometimes a year down the line. If we can ask that question ourselves on the spot, we don't got to wait for the lesson a couple months down the line. We can get it now. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's all it is. At, in today's era, it's all about speeding up your learning curve. There's a reason why audiobooks have been stupid popular. Podcast, right? Because you can multitask. And you talked about that. I remember when we first started on Facebook, you were like, dude, you're doing it backwards. You need podcasts. But it's true. It's why. You're allowed to multitask, do other things, be more productive, but ultimately speed up your learning curve. Because it takes more effort to read than it is to listen to an audiobook or a podcast and receive the information. So asking yourself that question, what's the other side I'm not seeing, allows you to speed up your learning curve. So what are you thinking? 5%, 10% of my cut from the podcast? As I was telling you from the <laughs> beginning, like, bro, you're doing it backwards. Because everyone does the audio first. Right. And then from there, it's, let's add video. Let's yeah. add clips. Let's do that. You guys were doing yeah. the video. I'll, I'll be I was honest. like, yo, you got to do it. Turn it into audio. Right. First I'll, of all, selfishly. Right. Because I don't like being on Facebook. It makes sense. I'm like, yo, I want to listen to this. Yeah. My, my battery drains also when it was right. on YouTube. You know what I mean? But now, it's funny, right? To come full circle. When you guys started doing the podcast, and I'm like, yes, finally, they're doing the podcast. Now, you know how I listen to your stuff? On YouTube. On YouTube. <laughs> because I don't have cable here. I don't have yeah, cable. Yeah. Because, dude... I don't need cable, Man, right? Here. I don't watch TV if it's not sports. I don't even have a TV, bro. Yeah, you were talking about that. <laughs> Live sports is the only thing that I want to watch. Besides yeah. that, I'm watching podcast clips. Uh, I'm watching old YouTube videos. I'm watching interviews of... I'll go down rabbit holes, bro. Dude, you know what my guilty pleasure is? You're going to laugh. What is it? Gender reveals. Wow. I am a su- su- sucker for a gender reveal. That's hilarious. I'll watch like three, four hours just go down. Just, what? Yeah, bro. <laughs> Dude, it's just a weird thing. I love gender reveals. That's hilarious. And and there's like crazy ones that you see on the internet. And uh, even my buddy Chris, he lives out in Vegas. One of his uh, close friends did a gender reveal where... Um, you've been to Vegas? Yes, I have actually. You know the Luxor Hotel? I can't say it's I it's the it. pyramid one. I don't remember. So, so his buddy did a gender reveal where they legit pulled a lever from like Mandalay Bay, which is overlooking the Vegas Strip, and the whole Luxor turned purple. Oh. Uh, purple, pink. Wow. I was like, bro, I screen recorded his Instagram story. I was like, dude, I'm not going to even beat around the bush. This is the craziest one that I've seen. And then wow. I told him, he's like, it's mad weird that you go down. I was like, bro, it's my guilty pleasure. I don't know why, but I just, I just love him. So again, with the YouTube thing is now I don't have, cause I got all the apps on my Xbox, right? So I got ESPN, I got Fox, ESPN plus, I got all that. So I, I just watch on YouTube. So now I consume your show on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be told. It, that was never the intention to begin with. You know, I think Nikki at the beginning of COVID, this was like it was literally the second week that we were in quarantine. Bro, think of how much has changed because of COVID in the positive, though. A lot, yeah. Dude, like we both moved out. You started a <laughs> show now also on top of everything that you're doing. Because there's some correlation, man, between like what you're talking about, your show, and like the things that you do anyway. Absolutely. So why Absolutely. not? Why not? And I saw you guys salute, you know, even though the cup is empty. Cheers to you, my friend. You guys are one of the top pods on uh, 
the business yeah. business brand. I, yeah. I peeped that. That's yeah. dope, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah. Nikki during during COVID, yeah, Nikki, um, she was just messing around with this new Facebook feature. She said like, you know, now it's not just exclusive to like Red Table Talk. They're allowing all content creators to have their show on Facebook. You could like stream live and this, this, and that. So we started messing around with it. And then little by little, we just started making upgrades. So then we upgraded the camera equipment, upgraded the sound equipment, upgraded the lighting. And, you know, we made it into a whole show. And it was honestly by accident. It was just because it was fun. And I was like, yo, this is cool. Oh, what, what, what are we going to call it? It was like, oh, uh, we'll call it the B&B show, like the business and brand breakdown. I don't know. Right. And, and we just messed around. And then it came to September. It was like five, six months of doing this consistently every Tuesday and Thursday. And then we're like, all right, so what are we going to do now? And it was like. Nick, turn it into a podcast. And sure enough, you know, we started, we're on episode 13 or 14. We've had some incredible guests. And I'm honestly not just saying that because it's my show, but there have been, you know, some really cool, unique perspectives that the people who have come on the show and what they've shared that I think that has been my favorite part, like the, the guest on the pod. So, yeah, that's uh, it's been cool. You haven't done a pod with Nikki in person, right? I haven't. I haven't. And it's so different. It's like, I think I was telling you when I first walked in here, I feel, number one, like I feel like I have so much to say. I don't know. We've been going probably for hours and some change. I'm like, dude, I got so much to say. The energy's different, man. When you're like on screen, it just doesn't feel as, you know, it, I mean, it, it works. Don't get me wrong. No, but, of course. Yeah. And I, I strongly dislike doing them over Zoom or FaceTime yeah. or Skype, whatever it might be. Obviously, your situation, you have to. Yeah. You guys don't live in the same town. Correct. Um, so, yeah, if I have someone calling in from California, like, yeah, sure. You, you make the most of what you can. Yeah. But I always prefer in person. It's such a difference. Dude, such when I recorded with Dylan, we went for about two and a half hours. And then right when we stopped he asked how long that was and i told him he's like what yeah yeah like, i listened to that today i told you i listened to the whole thing today thanks man yeah it, it was, was uh one of my, one of my favorite shows because we just kind of just pressed record and we were tossing back some proper 12 courtesy of conor mcgregor not yeah. conor sending it but he will one day <laughs> and uh it was like one of my my favorite shows and then he told me he's like bro there's no way we would ever be able to do this on the phone i was like no dude there's so many distractions right yeah sidetrack you get an email or you get a right. tweet and then before you know you're on twitter and then yep. nikki's been talking for four minutes and then you're like oh yeah, yeah i agree with you and she's right. like wait what no that's not the point this is where this is where we got to go at it with each other right. so what um what are the plans moving forward with your podcast man uh we're looking to change it up slightly in 2021 to touch on more of like what's trending at the moment. Like, and we're considering a few different things, but I think looking at uh, current trends instead of just general, uh, you know, brands or entrepreneurs or musicians or artists, whatever it is, is like looking at what's happening in the market right now and how can we bring some light or, or pull the lessons out of that. Uh, again, tied in with the flight assessment. So, you know, I, I think that might be a nice little remix to it for the podcast next year. But, yeah, that's uh, that's all we got for the moment. Just be consistent, bro. We are. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that's yeah, uh, that's yeah. the only thing. Yeah. That's Honestly, that's the best advice for anything. Indeed. Indeed. You just got to show up and you got to do it. Um, I had, you know, it's funny, man. I'm entering a weird, weird territory right now with the content where – having athletes reach out to me wow 
Like, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll get in contact first. It's not like they hit me up out the blue. I don't want to paint that picture. But some of them that have gotten into podcasting and, you know, with Blue Wire, they've connected me with certain athletes. And they've asked me about podcasts and whatnot. And, you know, I had a athlete who started a podcast and then he told me, hey, man, can, how, like, how does your show do and whatnot, you know, numbers wise? And I told him. He was like, really? I was like, yeah. He's like, how? How do you, how'd you get it to that point? Like, your show is doing better than mine. And, you know, this guy has millions of followers on Instagram and on wow. Twitter. And, like, my show was doing better than his. And um, that was the first time, bro, where I was like, damn, son. I never thought I would have a conversation with someone like that mm. to give them advice on something. Yeah. And I just told him, like, yo, you can't just record once. And then record whenever you want. You just Absolutely. can't. You have to. Like, dude, I've been putting out two episodes a week minimum for like four years now. Dude, this is probably the 17th time I've told you this, but I'm always amazed at like how many episodes you have already cranked out. Yeah. You know, like we, we put out episode. So we put out an episode once every week. And we go live on Facebook because we started there. So we want to be loyal to that. We do that once a week. So it's like technically twice a week, but really once a week where you can stream it. But for you, it's like well over a thousand episodes now. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big deal, dude. That's a big deal. I always like, and again, because I think that when people are doing things themselves, they never really, it's like, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's my life. It's my walk. Oh, it's, I they dumb just, it down. I kind of just do it. Yeah, but I'm saying you dumb it down. Right, dude. right, right. But I'm saying I, I don't. I don't have a goal like I want to do 10,000 of these. Sure. I kind of just do it. Yeah. And it just so happens where everyone knows that you'll get an episode on Mondays and Thursdays, right? But there's some weeks where you're going to get three, four maybe, some crazy, you know, someone tears oh, wow. an ACL or something. It just so happens. And now with this luxury, I don't want to, but I know I could put out one every day if I wanted to. Hmm. I don't want to do it. You're not trying to flex on them. I see what you're Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, humble brag. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm just, with the ability to have someone come in studio, like, dude, I have, right now, as we speak, I have five recorded episodes already. Nice. The way the conversations are put together. And I was talking to um, this girl, Emma, who has a podcast with Blue Wire. And she was just saying about, like, you know, you're a general podcast. And how did you cultivated to be that i was like i didn't intend it to i just i have so many interests and i sort of just like to give people interesting at least that's what i think i do and from the feedback that i get from people that's what happens that's the consensus is and i don't i don't have a, a end goal in mind as far as like i want to get to five thousand episodes i kind of just do it yeah. show up keep doing it and it's fun, right? Like, that's one thing where, again, going back to COVID, because COVID was such a, this is going to be an impact for the rest of our lives, what happened with COVID. Yeah. But, dude, it was, I don't even want to say this because it might get taken out of context, but might have been the best thing that's ever happened to the show wow. and for me. Because, dude, the show is a sports show, right? And I didn't have sports for four months. But it let me do more podcasts and chills, more long-form conversations, get interesting guests. And if I could tie it into sports one way or another, that's been a common theme with every episode. Like every, Even the Pablo Escobar guys, uh, Stephen Murphy and Javier Pena, the guys that took down Escobar, the Narcos guys, Like we talked about 
Colombia in the 80s and 90s with soccer and like the drug money that was there. Like every every drug kingpin for you to flex on them, like you own the soccer team. Wow. So like every episode at its core has that. But I'm just fascinated by a lot of things and I'm interested in a lot of things. I'm starting to have more chicks on the show too. I had uh, my friend Valerie was on. She's a Channel One news reporter and producer behind the scenes. And then my friend Jess from Alabama, I've had her on the show too. And she hit me up mad out of nowhere and was like, yo, thanks for having girls on your show. I was like, yeah, no problem. She's like, nah, a lot of people don't do that. Yeah, you know, especially sure. in sports, it's like the machismo and, and, and like the, it, it's a male driven mm-hmm. just genre. And yo, I, I don't know, dude. It was never, when I was 16, did I say, oh, girls know sports? Yeah, probably because I was an asshole and I didn't know. But it got to a point where um, my mom just told me, like, yo, you should always think of how you speak to women and treat women as if they were going to talk to me that way. Mm-hmm. It just resonated with me because I'm an only child. I don't got no brothers or sisters. Likewise, yeah. So when my mom told me that, I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? You should be open-minded to things. So one thing that I like doing is I like sort of putting people on if they're doing good work and stuff. and. It's just cool to give people a little bit of a platform because I was given a little bit of a platform. Yeah. Right? You can't make people stay, but you can give people a look. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we're talking about your podcast. I can't force people to go to sure. yours, but they sure. know your relationship with me. They know what you're about. They always love these conversations. And these are like, oh, you know, let me go and check out Mustafa's stuff now. Sure. So that's the least that I could do. Yeah. Because yeah. someone did it for me, man. It's all about giving back. It's only right. Yo, I can't. I can't say this enough. My my two biggest goals with all this is number one, selfishly, I do not want to work anymore. <laughs> my my egg flipping days gotta go, bro. I don't wow. want to make no more coffees. I've done it enough. And then number two, man, is I really want to uh, turn this into something special and be able to showcase other people the way I got showcased. As though. That's dope. It's only right, man. I think if, if we build more of that type of culture, the world's going to be a good place, you know, because people don't have to tear each other down or backbite or do any of the malicious things that they normally would because it's like, yo, everyone's looking to share, share, you know, share the platform, share the information, share the opportunities. It's like, think of what that will create for the next generation. I mentioned before how I've had in contact with athletes and it's sort of been a surreal moment for me and a different perspective. Dude, you've done a lot of work with athletes. Yeah. Um, big name athletes, too. You've mentioned some that you're working with in the future, and I am so switched on on them. <laughs> we'll, leave, we'll, leave those all, we'll leave those out. But um, you're allowed to talk about some of the guys that you work with, right? Yeah, like yeah, right now, yeah. currently. And one, one of them is one of my favorite players in, in the league, uh, Oladipo, man. And he's Boy, coming he's out the gates hot. So what is it that you do with athletes, bro? Yeah, um... You know, I would say working with the athletes is definitely more of the mental coaching side of it. Uh, that that definitely takes that. What nature. is what is an issue that an athlete comes to you with that they would need help for? Yeah. So uh, honestly, I think it's that awareness piece that they're missing of how what they do and who they are impacts their environment and their play. So of course. My my focus, at least my primary function, is in the business world, right? Mm-hmm. We work with, like, leaders and executives and things of that nature. 
But you'll be surprised, man. And this is why we started opening up to the sports world, especially with E's influence. I think athletes gravitate more to E's messages more than anybody else because it just makes sense. Like that's where the context of motivation and what he provides, which in my opinion, for when you spend more time around E, you know that he does way more than motivation. Like I know that, again, everyone's looking for labels. So it's like, oh, what do you do? Oh, well, E's a motivational speaker. But it's like, yo, he's really more than that. But cool, we'll let you work on it. But what people don't realize is how much of the personal side of things impacts their professional life. So we've had athletes with their fathers in their life and athletes without their fathers in their life, both complaining about or having difficulty dealing with what? Their, their, their relationship with their father. And it's that relationship that impacts the player-coach relationship that impacts what? Their performance on the field, their performance on the court, wherever it is. So ultimately, it's really helping them to lock in the image that they have of themselves. Like, you'll be surprised, man, how many athletes get on the line and say, man, I struggle with confidence issues. It's like, what? You struggle with what? Dude, you're freaking, like you said, right? Like, on the court, on the field, like, we, there's, I would have never thought yeah. as a professional athlete that confidence would be an issue. Confidence is an issue for you. Like you could get anything you want. You could do anything you want. But it's like, no, like what you see on the outside is not what I feel on the inside. So that opens up a dialogue where, again, it's like you help people process the thoughts and the emotions that they normally would want to decipher on their own and mislabel, misjudge and end up in the wrong place and have that kind of just like between the ears, I think is, is where it all happens, man. So, yeah. Man, confidence and momentum is such a, a, I guess an energy thing also. Like you can't explain it, but you just, dude, how many times are you watching a game and you're a, you're a big baseball fan and it's, it's a 6-1 game in the eighth inning. The team is, you know, it's bottom of the eighth, it's the home team and they're down 6-1 and there's a runner on first and there's, there's two outs and a ground ball gets hit to the shortstop and he Bill Buckner's it, right? <laughs> and then before you know it, it, it it gets into the outfield and the guy from first ends up on third. Right. Right. And now you got first and third, two outs. And then, you know, base hit, now it's six two. Right. Run on second and third. And you're just like, huh, something's happening here. And then before switch. you know it, the momentum yep. and you can't explain it in sports. But you just know that it's happening. You yeah. see it all the time. You saw it most notably, I could say, in the last year, and to use 2020 as the example, is the Texans and the Chiefs in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Texans are up 21 nothing. They have the ball in the first quarter in Kansas City. Hmm. Right? What happens? Kansas City comes out, three straight three and outs. Hmm. Texans respond with touchdowns on all. Before you know it, you're down 21 nothing. Wow. Can uh, Houston has the ball. They're inside the red zone. It's fourth and two on like the 20 or 18-yard line. They decide to kick a field goal as opposed to going for it. And who knows? Maybe it's 28 nothing. Yeah, wide in the lead. And then before you know it, man, quick strike from KC, three and out. Bam, it's 24-14. Yeah. Or think about any times when a star player gets injured. Mm-hmm. Right, like that is like it's like think of Mahomes. If I know there was a time where he did get injured, yeah. it was like whoa, and like that can rattle the team, the the momentum that you talk about. But that's even something that we have to talk with some of the guys about too, like how to navigate an injury. Right, like what do you tell yourself about what you're feeling or or, or whether you're still injured or healed, and that's a thing that people they I can't stress that enough, man. When athletes are out there 
recovering from an injury and they're healed, but the trainers are taking some precautionary measures with them or they're not trying to get re-injured because it's the contract year. Like these are the things now that I think dealing with professional athletes, you start to see how the sports world and the business world really come together and how it impacts the performance. I know you mentioned some things about, you know, the receivers and how uh, there are other people who are involved in their well-being. It's, it's the most unique position in all of professional sports, in my opinion. Yeah. It's the only one that, from, from a young age, from, from peewee football, wide receiver breaks the huddle first. Mm -hmm. You're isolated, right? Isolation was a big part of 2020 with all this COVID stuff. You're isolated. You're on the outside. You're on an island with another individual who wants to stop you from accomplishing your job. Your entire success, your bread getter, your financial investment is you catching passes from another guy. Right who his success is dependent on the big uglies in the front. That's good. Blocking for him. So the O-line helps the quarterback, but the wide receiver needs the quarterback. So if the offensive line is bad, then he can't flourish. I'll never, the label of diva wide receiver, I don't use that. Bro, I totally feel the... Terrell Owens, the Randy Mosses, the Odell Beckham Juniors of the world where they're like, bro, I need the ball because mm -hmm. that's the only way that I can eat. Right. It's the only way that I can be successful because at the end of the day, if, if you're getting your bonuses on 1,000 yards or 80-plus catches or touchdowns, it's like, bro, I can't. It's not, it's not a NBA superstar where he can play defense and he could bring up the ball and shoot and pass and dictate everything. Right. Bro, you have LeBron, you're going to the finals. I mean, just look at his resume. He's been in the league for 17 years. He's in the finals for 11 of them. Right. And it's it's just telling you why I think that position is the most unique in all of professional sports. It's I'm real. not saying that it's the hardest one to play. Sure, sure. You know, it's real though. It's a valid point. It's it there's like no other. So and you see it with, with guys, going back to what you said about the career year thing, working with these athletes, is that something that they bring up where they want, maybe they pair up with you with, with mental health stuff and coaching because it's a big year for them for their future? Yeah, I wish, I wish more guys would take that part of the game seriously sooner, right? Like, don't wait until a career year. Don't wait until you're coming back from an injury. Don't wait until your career is over and you're thinking about who am I outside of the game? It's another part of it that we've had to you know, work with. Well, I, I think what separates those, ah, it's a contract year. Let me put my best foot forward. And then I'm sort of just going to be a solid player as opposed to Tom Brady's um, uh julio jones's guys that are just consistently great like no matter what dude julio jones one of my favorite receivers of all time Allen tells me this all the time because he covers the falcons he goes he's so like no nonsense that anytime a wide receiver gets a new contract because it happens all the time right the the future market is set by the next free agent that comes up yeah so me and you are wide receivers we're both thousand yard receivers um you have 1500 yards one year you're under we're both under contract right mm -hmm. i'm a free agent i'm gonna be a free agent i have i put up 1500 yards 120 catches nine touchdowns 
you that same year, you're under contract for two more years. You put up the same numbers. I get paid. Now I'm making $18 million a year, right? We fast forward two years later, you're a free agent. You put up the same numbers that you've been putting up. I'm still putting up better numbers than you, but I'm under contract. Hmm. You're going to get paid now. Now you're going to be, Mustafa's going to be making $22 million a year. Right. I'm going to be like, bro, I'm better than Mustafa. Right. That's why then you see anytime there's a new quarterback, they're like, oh my God, Jared Goff, $37 million? It's like, no, no, he's setting the new market, right? Pat Mahomes came in, and he's going to be, in, in seven years, he's going to be making $50 million a year. Wow. Not even the highest paid football player of all time. But one thing that Kansas City did with the contract is they're accounting for the future market. So when the time comes and Deshaun Watson is a free agent five years from now, the market is still going to be Pat Mahomes. Mm. So to bring it back to Julio, Atlanta does it on its own. Like, yeah, let's re-up Julio. Let's extend them, make him the highest paid. So I think you see it a lot with athletes. I always like to, when I play fantasy sports or when it comes to like betting on MVPs or stat leaders, that's one thing that I really look for is who's in a contract year because I think they're going to put their best foot forward. But that's what I think separates your journeyman career solid. Like, oh, he was a good player at his time. But then the other guy is Megatron, Calvin Johnson, or... Or Ladanian Thomas, and you're like, yeah, but he's a great because he was just 1,300 yards every year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it makes a difference, man. It's, a, I mean, think about it, dude. Like, what you do between the lines is heavily dependent upon what's happening between the ears, right? Like your mind, dude, is so critical, you know. And again, I don't, I don't like the labels of titles and all that stuff because in my world, it's just like, yo, it's, it's, it's not that, that baggage that comes with it or it's not just a trendy thing it's life-changing man it's transformative dude as we start to uh sort of come to a close because i mean we we can go on for hours there's so many i mean look i put a little notepad together a couple things there's like seven things we haven't even touched on (laughs) but uh i got some questions man from fans because one thing that i do with the discord members of the patreon anytime i know i have a guest on i tell them about to record but Mustafa, you guys got an hour of legends, like drop some questions. And I got some cool ones here. So what's the biggest change between you from December 2019 to December 20? Um, I think I'm becoming more multidimensional. All right. And what I mean by that is I'm not just focused on one thing. So for the last, I would say, three to five years, Nick, all I focused on was my career my business growth, right? Like my professional growth. I cared about nothing else. Maybe kept some family ties just because I had to, right? But other than that, it was bare minimum effort. And this is just me being very honest with myself. Going into the end of this year, what's changed primarily is now I'm starting to wake up to, your life is a lot more than what you do professionally. There's a lot more to it. You know, did COVID had some you know, impact on that, maybe, but I don't even want to blame it on that. I just want to say that I've probably come in, come to that awareness on my own through all of what's happened. I'm like, yep, now going into January 1st, two days from now, I need to be mindful of building my personal life, uh, building my spiritual walk, building my relationships with my friends, right? 
the 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 really all of those things I think are so important. So I'm I'm going to a multi-dimensional me, and I think the other one is I'm really I don't settle for the first thing that comes to mind anymore. So I've always been I take risk absolutely. I think that's what you have to do as an entrepreneur when you're in business, but. I've always kind of settled on the bare minimum risk. It's like, uh, okay, I can do that. Now, I look at what I'm going for and I'm like, what's higher? Let's go for that. Because I notice every single time I've sold myself short. And now I'm, I'm challenging myself to go more. I like go higher. Like in the roles that I'm in now, I'm like, well, what would you call it? I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm in an executive role. Like I'm I'm an executive at a company that is responsible for business development. And even if I'm not there yet, you can grow to fill those shoes as opposed to sell yourself short and kind of get there and be like, ah, man, that's not it. Because there's nothing, you talked about momentum, nothing kills more momentum than getting to a goal and not have it fulfill you the way that you thought it would. That's one of the worst momentum killers ever because then you start questioning, oh my God, am I doing something wrong? Is it me? Like, what happened? Nothing happened. You just didn't plan big enough. So those two things, man, I would say are would have changed completely from me last December to me now. And uh, to tie it all together, I'm journaling a lot more. Hmm. It's so weird. But I'm because I want to remind myself of the journey that I'm going through and those key principles that I need for my success. Right, so like I'm constantly writing it now. There's something different about it. you could type it. Yeah, it's cool. Something different about the like the, the the stream of consciousness that comes from writing it. Yo, isn't life crazy? How when you were younger, they would tell you to keep a journal. Yeah, and then you're like, yo, that shit is lame. That's I'm not lame. doing that. And then like when you were younger, you would dress up for Halloween. Correct. And then like you hit those like high school years where you're not dressing for Halloween. You're definitely not keeping a journal. And now as you get older, you're like. You know what would be a dope investment? A calendar. Right. <laughs> a planner. Right. Right? And right. Uh, let's have a Halloween party where we all get dressed up and we have a couple people over and we have some drinks and we have a good time and everyone's in a costume. It's just crazy how that happens. Times man. change, bro. I think it, the youth, man, we, I don't know. Every generation is different. I think this youth, the, the, the upcoming generation right now is probably, I think, the best generation. Better than our generation. But then our parents' generation, even the generation before that, that's my personal opinion. I think they are so progressive. They're, they don't settle on what's constant. They're like, really like, yo, how can we change what has been traditional for the longest, no matter what it is? And they've uprooted a lot, especially this year through COVID. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what they do. But yeah, I think one of the things, man, and it probably happens with every youth, you feel like you're invincible, bro. You're 15 years old. Like, bro, I know life, kid. It's like, bro, you're 15. That's like, that's what I would think back to myself. Like, kid, you're 15. And I know you feel like you're, you know a lot since you were seven, but you don't know nothing. Yeah, you don't know shit. Think bro, about I'm it, bro. I'm not the same person I was a year ago. I'll tell you. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like... It's it's perspective. It's experiences. It I only like to talk from experience. I never talk about things that I can't relate to or I feel passionate about because, again, I feel like it's lame. It's it's inauthentic. But for me, man, the biggest change between me a year ago to now, besides this, is I really wanted to show love to people that I haven't in a long time and just to reach out to people. One of my goals was to 
text two to three people a week that I haven't spoken to in a while. Just like, hey, man. Nice. What up? How you doing? Hope you're doing well. Goes a long way, dude. Because I had people reach out to me that way, too. And not wanting anything, like, not everyone's out to get you or need sure. something from you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just re- reply back, dude. When you're on the can, you're taking a dump, just shoot a text. Stay off Instagram for 12 minutes and just do that. That's been the biggest change for me, dude, really. And it's just celebrating small wins also. I think you kind of put me on to that. Yeah. You, you just, it doesn't always need to be the big, like, celebrate along the way. My whole thing is something good happens, I don't get too high or too low. When something ah, bad happens also. It's that's like a good word. Like Carmelo, stay mellow. Like just under promise, over deliver with everything that I do. And just celebrate small wins. You know, getting the narcos guys is probably my favorite show from a from a content and a just uh a proud moment. That was probably the biggest one for me in twenty twenty. Like that was just so dope. Also, because I'm just fascinated by Pablo Escobar and that whole cartel narcos life. So that was like big for me, man. And just to celebrate it, you know, you get a certain athlete on and people are like, yo, how'd you connect with him? And now I'm like cool with athletes. Like some MMA fighters like, yo, when COVID lessens up and I could travel to New York, like we should link, we should go roll together and whatnot. And I'm telling them about gyms and shit. So that's that's the biggest change for me, man, from from last year to this year. And, you know, the follow up question is from another person and it sort of taps into the generation thing what would you say the generation coming up is not gonna have that we had that's gonna impact them moving forward hmm i'll give you i'll give you my answer yeah yeah go for it by the way i feel like a jerk because you said what's the biggest change and i threw out like five and you really said one (laughs) <laughs> did yeah. you catch that yeah that i did yeah pretty unique all right good stuff here we go nah but dude it's all right i wasn't gonna stop you you're dropping no, gems so I, why i'm just why thinking like yo, why good. did you just mention three when he said the biggest change did you <laughs> did you overlook well yo that you much? can have more than one big change indeed, indeed, indeed. all right like why not that that's even that's even better for me i think it's a childhood hmm. you say the generation is going to be very um this is going to be the best generation for them coming up. I feel a little different, bro. I'm also reading this book, uh, The Coddling of the American Mind. It's fantastic. It has to do about how our parents, the coddling of the American mind and the coddling of our generation sets up all generations after to fail in the sense of there is a, a softness to our culture right now and to some of these generations in the sense where participation trophies. Mustafa doesn't like this speaker at a school. Well, this speaker can't speak at the school. Like, you can't disagree with me because I'm this person. You just can't. You can't have honest conversations and, and context to anything. And I think with social media, there's the comparing. Mm. Right? Like, oh, my God, I can't believe that this person is... 17 with 3 million followers and I ain't shit. It's like, nah, bro, it ain't, I didn't like that, like at all, right? So I think that this generation coming up, the childhood, and what I mean by that is like, bro, I would come home from high school, I'd throw my shit in my room and I'd go straight to the park and hoop. And I, basketball, like I played basketball in high school and I love basketball, but that wasn't even my shit. Right. But it was something that I could play with my boys and just kill time. Then I'd come home and I'd do some homework not really. I would do it like in between classes and whatnot. Right. Shouts to homeroom. Shouts to what was the thing we used to have? 
What's that? It was like that break period in the middle of the day. Not lunch, but it was being like the, the Bryant Union. BU. Remember like the BU? What was that called? I know what you're talking about, but I think it was Student Union or something like that, no? Yeah, it was something we like that. We were in charge of Student Union. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It was a hangout spot. You just go in there and yeah, then be BU. like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you're I got, right. I got math seventh seventh period. Let me do my math homework <laughs> then. And then I would just play Call of Duty and I would bond with my, with my friends and shit. Like that was a way of like going out. Dude, now I fucking walked out my apartment and I didn't bring my phone with me just to go to the bank and I felt naked without it. Wow. Where back in the day we were able to... Like, the this generation is is better equipped with social media and with information than we were, and I think yeah that is a positive, but it's also a detriment to no, their I definitely, growth too. I definitely agree, and and I think the reason why it's taken me a little longer to think about it is because for one, like we just caught the glimpse of social, like like I think Facebook was out. When we were seniors in high school, we're no generation is is ever gonna be like ours where we came up with the internet at the time when that was really blossoming. Like, right. yo, the internet really became popping like the new millennium. Yep. And yep. we're ten, eleven ish. Yep. Where it was still it was cool to be on the internet, but it was also cool to go out yeah. and chill. So we and, had a really nice balanced, yes. you know, upbringing. I'll tell you one thing that we did have that they didn't have, right? And this is kind of funny. A graduation. Hello. <laughs> yo, <laughs> that's a fact. Sorry about that, For but real. it's true. It's like, yo, think about how many people didn't have a graduation. Like, or a prom, yeah. Which, um, I'm sorry, guys, but that was a heck of a time. I actually enjoyed that a lot. Do you remember how hard you laughed at our after prom? Bro. Bro, I used to. Do you remember? I still that? have those pictures, man. Nah, it but was, do you remember the scene when I was I ripping ass I and do. I just was stepping on that one squeaky tile? The funny <laughs> thing was, I really thought it was like I was fascinated by the tile, and I remember Frankie's sister Jessica was like, "You guys are disgusting," and I'm like, "What? It's really cool. Do it again." He's like, "Ah, no, I don't got no more." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Yo, so we're at Frankie's Frankie's summer house, and this was at the time where, um, like, we're all 17, 18 years old. So Jess, Frankie's older sister, came to our after prom, and she short, sort of chaperoned it also. And she got us some beers because she was of age. Whatever. We turned out to be studs anyway. You know what I'm saying? So awesome. it didn't it didn't derail us. But it was funny because, like, yo, I just had mad gas, and I'm, like, farting. And Jess goes, you guys are disgusting. And I'm just standing in this one spot. And I'm like, nah, yo, it's a squeaky tile. You don't hear that? And I'm pressing my foot down, and I'm farting as I'm as it's happening. And I was like, yo, look, you don't hear the right. sound? Yo, Mustafa is dying. Because I don't think you – did you catch that it, it was – Dude, it was an honest – You thought like, that it was a I really tile. thought the tile <laughs> – it was an honest, you know what I'm saying? It was an honest laugh. Yeah, I really did it. Bro, I remember that visual, man, of you laughing. That Unbelievable. Was, that was hilarious. But yeah, man, the idea of just having like a, uh, options in a childhood to like be out and just, just pick up a ball and go do some shit like that was dope. Because it, it, it shaped the person that I am today yeah. in so many different ways. Yeah, I, my, my wish for them though, and, and it's kind of like what I'm, you know, in a way working on myself is just, yo, find meaning outside of the virtual world like the let your real world be better than your virtual world like i know it's important with a brand and a voice and connecting and all of that stuff and and being in the know and all like i know that's important but f like take time to build a life outside of social that is also meaningful and it doesn't have to make it to the internet not everything needs to be shared if that's your style and you get off on it you enjoy it it's fun Go for it. But 
just be intentional about doing things where you're not constantly, you know, like I, I see videos now where people are talking and they're like this, like their phone is like somewhat hidden and people are like, yo, you're recording? It's like, no. Nah. And then like, man, like that's funny. Like there are some really hilarious clips that come out of that, but don't put so much of your energy into capturing everything that you miss the moment. So that is one of the things that I would kind of throw out there like, yo, I hope that would, you know, balance out some of the extremists that go to the virtual space. You know, one one weird thing that I'm <clears throat> stressing about for the show moving forward is probably the next time that I record, I'm going to actually have another camera. So I'll have my phone accessible to me mm. when I record. And one thing that I really stress the guests is I want us not to be distracted. Sure. Are there times when I have my laptop because we're talking more sports heavy? Like, yeah, I get that. And that's cool. But for the most part, it's the camera that I'm looking into right now is my iPhone. Mm. So it's it's a nice escape from being off your device when I do the show as well. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it definitely helps. I know I put my phone on Do Not Disturb. It just kind of, it helps to disconnect from the phone, man. It really does. It really does. And yeah, a lot of good things. Dude, let's wrap this up. You're the man, as always. Um Thank you for coming on. We do need to do the six pack, which is a quick uh, Patreon exclusive only. I thought um, you wanted me to show you my six pack. <laughs> just kidding. kidding. I Joking. got some beers in there too, but I you don't, you don't drink. drink no more, right? I don't drink. Yeah, I don't drink. I um, at all. I, I mean, man, it's like the last time I actually. And again, I'm not perfect, so there was a time where, unfortunately, I was uh, drinking it. But even again, like I think what made me stop just completely was. Even then, I was a casual, like, ah, oh, man, let me just do it to fit in kind mm. of thing. So I, I got to a point where it's like for the last six or seven years, maybe even 10 years, honestly, nothing. Wow, good for you, man. Thanks, bro. I enjoy drinking. Yeah. But now I do it with, um, it got to be something. Can't just be Tuesday. <laughs> like, it got to be like someone comes in and we have we have a whiskey and we just chill and shoot the shit or... You know, it's a celebration of some kind, or I'm on a vacation. Uh, I mean, I get turned up when I'm on vacation. Don't get, don't get me wrong, but yeah, I just have noticed that you haven't. But there's always the option. Nah, I don't do that, dude. Nah, nah. But before we close, let me say this to you, though. Um, you know, again, man, I've always given you props for uh, the consistency, the work ethic, all of that. But I'm proud of you, man. Honestly, I want to say that on air um, for continuing to bet on yourself because I think that's that. Again, it's something that we often downplay, but you don't have to do this, right? Like, there's an easier route for you. You mm -hmm. can still stay the basement in your family's home and not have to worry about paying rent and setting up and cleaning and doing all the things that come, but you still went the extra step. So, dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Congratulations. The space is great. I think everybody who's come here has probably said it. Mm -hmm. I love it. The energy is awesome, but you deserve it, dude. You deserve it. I always say... Bet on the true entrepreneur, and you're one of those people. You're a true entrepreneur at heart, a hustler. You know, uh, keep going, man. I'm proud of you. Thank you, man. That means a lot. There's uh, certain people in my life whose opinion I definitely hold to a high standard, and yours is definitely one of them. Tell us the podcast, where they can find it, social media, anything dope. Where can they find all your stuff? Yeah, um, the podcast you can stream wherever you stream podcast just look up nikki and moose uh the podcasts on spotify uh everywhere yeah. apple all that good stuff 
Uh, you can also go to NikkiandMoose.com. It's also on there. But me, I'm on social, Instagram, Twitter, Mustafa underscore Gonum. Let's get a little more consistency, 2021 on the gram. Come on. How many times you got this conversation? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. The last time I left the studio, or, you know, the last time we recorded, I, I kicked it up a lot. Um, but, yeah, and, and la- I'll say this again. The conversation we had last time I was here, two weeks ago, that was a really good conversation for me. I think it contributed to the, you know, where I was headed with that. But, yeah, yeah no, they, if they go on this time, they're going to see that I've uploaded a lot more you know, posted a lot more since I have uh, before, but it's just I constantly have that love-hate relationship with it, man. Let's do it, man. Let's rock and roll. You know it. Mustafa, you're the man. I love you, brother. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.